Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hour two of our radio program. What's happening? Welcome aboard. It is a Friday. The Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. And it's time to ask the pros where you, the listener, gets to ask us a question. It's brought to you by our good friends at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Simply tweet your question at CBS Sports Radio or at Zach Gelb using the hashtag AskThePros. Be listening later in the show, and we might answer your question. You can think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I was at the uh, New York Rangers-Montreal Canadiens game last night, and uh, there was a lot, a lot of goals in that contest. The Rangers did win. I think the final score was like 7-4. to four. Uh, but the reason I was there last night, not only I'm a big Ranger fan and a big hockey fan, but on my birthday on August 9th, I got a very nice tweet from a listener wishing me a happy birthday. And they said they're a season ticket holder to the New York Rangers. And they're a big fan of the show. They've been listening to the show for like the last four years or so. Um, I think actually maybe even going back as far until the weekend overnight days. And they said, uh, this guy, Billy, that I would love to uh, take you to a game. So I said, you don't have to ask me twice. I would definitely go. So I got a uh, tweet about a week ago of Billy following up, saying he's got tickets to the Rangers game up against uh, Montreal on last night, Thursday. And we ended up going. Really fun time. Always great to interact with listeners. Always great to meet people that have interacted with the show, whether that's being here and being on the air and calling in at 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Chiming in on Twitter and Instagram or YouTube. YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Or even if you just listen and you don't tweet, you don't Instagram post, you don't uh, jump in the YouTube chat or you don't call the show, uh, we always like to connect with you if we're able to do so. So I had a great time last night uh, meeting up with Billy. Billy's good dude. He's a chef too, which I learned out. So Billy, hey, uh, you want to come cook us up some things? In the uh, CBS Sports Radio studios, we will not uh, decline um, anytime you want to cook us some food. And also, this is I think Billy knew more about the show than I did. Billy, right away when he gets to the seats, is talking about Mike's sausage line from yesterday. When Mike just threw out uh, something, you were talking about sausage or something, and Stu and I had a little uh, juvenile moment and a petulant moment. We were making fun of it. And he was even uh, talking about Ryan Hot Take Hickey's delusional uh, Penn State takes. So this guy, Billy, is a, a P1 listener and a good dude. And we watched the game. I bought him a beer. Nice tall boy beer. And uh, we had a beer each and enjoyed the contest as 
The Rangers were very slow, very lethargic. They kind of looked like uh, Moist Mike walking around Vegas at like 3.30 in the morning in the first period. But then when the lights came on and they were ready to go in the second, boom, goal after goal after goal. So fun time last night at Madison Square Garden. Um, I'll get into my Chiefs prediction in just a second. But you do have All-Star Weekend coming on up, and that's going to be participating and going underway this weekend. Stu, I know you, I would probably say Stu's the biggest NBA fan on this show. Samter, are, are you a big NBA fan? I, I, I don't, I don't think you love the NBA, right? I enjoy the NBA, but uh, there, there's just parts of the game that just bother me. It's too herky jerky, too many fouls, too many jerky. Yeah, like the, the, <laughs> watching a game. What do you mean by that? Too many starts and stops, right? Like fouls, out of bounds, timeouts, commercials. There, you just you used to be able to get into the flow of a game where you could just sit down and watch mm-hmm. five, six minutes in a row where there's back and forth basketball, not a lot of whistles, not a lot of free throws. Now guys are looking to go to the foul line. Back in the day, guys weren't looking to go to the line. They're looking to score. If they happen to get fouled, they would go to the line. So, like, the game felt more open, more fun, more free. Mm -hmm. Now it just feels like guys are trying to get fouled, and when they don't get fouled, they complain. Or if they get called for a foul, they complain. So the game just feels like this is why Stu and I probably like, this is why I love soccer, probably Stu as well. It's 90 minutes. It's basically start and stop. There's no stoppages for the most part. You don't go to commercial in the middle of the of the half. You don't stop the play at all. If some guy gets hurt, they basically cart him off to the side, and you just play down a guy until he gets back onto the the, the pitch or you, well, or you stop him. You went the pitch. I thought yeah. you were going to stumble there and say the field for a second. <laughs> so, That's like at Augusta when they, uh, when they have the one broadcaster say fans when they have to say patrons. That's there what that go. kind of reminds so, me So of. there's just something about basketball. I, I do like basketball. I do like the NBA, but also growing up, I never really had a team. Mm-hmm. Early on, I liked the Celtics, but then I really liked the Supersonics. You a Celtics fan. Yeah, but then I really latched onto the Sonics with Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. Okay. Detlef Shrimp. I love those teams. Sam Perkins. And then Seattle moved the team. The Sonics were gone, and so my favorite team didn't exist, and I didn't really care about following them to Oklahoma City. So um, the combination of not being a huge fan my team disappearing, and just the way the game is developed. Uh, I'm not as huge of an NBA fan as I used to be. Long story short. So, uh, two things I'll say off that. Number one, um, I am not as big of a fan of the NBA as I used to be because the players don't give a rat's ass about the regular season. Like, I understand there was the Embiid argument to this, and that's a different conversation. When you have to make a rule to guarantee an award be given out to people playing 65 games, it just shows you that the regular season is too long when it's 82 games, you have to beg players to play the 65 games. And when you're Kawhi Leonard and you load management and it leads to a championship, no one cares when you're standing at that podium with the championship trophy. But I, I just think the regular season product is watered down, and there's a lot of people because of how dominant the Heat were or wherever LeBron was playing and how dominant the Warriors were, and they saw those teams kind of at times roll through and stroll through the regular season because you had the Warriors that one year, right? They had the most wins ever and it didn't lead to a championship. You know, you knew for a while that it was going to be LeBron against the Warriors in the finals. And when that happened, and even the Miami Heat to some extent to the last few years, they know they could dog the regular season and their best will still be enough to get to a championship regardless of where the seed, seed is. But then there's some teams that aren't that good enough and they take that approach, and it just makes the regular season product just 
very vanilla, very blah. So that's my biggest problem with the NBA. Um, but to the second point that you said, where you didn't intentionally do this, but you brought up the Seattle uh, Supersonics. Did you see this whole exchange with Carmelo Anthony? Carmelo Anthony was on a podcast, and he revealed that his first conversation with George Carl in Denver, when George Carl got there, George Carl walked right up to him, less than 24 hours, 48 hours since getting the job, and he said, you're overrated. You're not as good as what people uh, people say you are. I was I was watching this. It was a crazy two-minute clip of Carmelo Anthony being on some podcast. So that's another story for another day. But getting back to what I wanted to talk about, NBA All-Star Weekend. And I'm not a big fan of All-Star Weekends. I think hockey's done a good job with theirs. Uh, the Pro Bowl is, what, a flag football game right now, and you don't even need to win the, the actual game to win <laughs> the uh, the overall Pro Bowl, if that makes any sense, because there's other uh, things throughout that weekend. Uh, Major League Baseball All-Star Game used to be the best, but now, like, everyone gets in. It's kind of uh, watered down as well. There's still something about All-Star Weekend in the NBA where I think it's the best one. Um, I'm a sucker for the three-point contest, and even though the dunk contest always doesn't deliver, I'm always intrigued by the dunk contest. Now, the actual game, it's funny. I say NBA All-Star Weekend is the best. I don't care about the actual game. But the Saturday night, to me, is what really makes or breaks All-Star Weekend. So, Stu, since you're kind of like the NBA enthusiast on this show, where are you at with NBA All-Star Weekend? Like, I'm not telling you I'm jumping up and down like a fat kid in a candy store for this weekend, but there's still like a little part of me where like I go back to my childhood and I remember seeing all those three-point contests and all the dunk contests, and I still get a little bit excited for NBA All-Star Weekend. For sure. Uh, I think it's kind of like what you said. It's like the game isn't that good to me. The, the Saturday night stuff is a lot better than the Sunday afternoon night stuff. Um, I think baseball has the best All-Star game still, but after that, I'd put the NBA right behind that. Uh, typically, I'll watch pretty much every year. I'll try to watch the NBA uh, Saturday night stuff. Yeah, and, and here's the other part, too. Um, you need more stars in NBA, uh, an NBA All-Star Weekend for the dunk contest. Like, the fact that I'm ooing and eyeing over Jalen Brown, who's number two on the Celtics, but is a really good player, the fact that that's the marquee name for the slam dunk contest shows you the problem with the slam dunk contest. Like, Mac McClung, good story last year, defending champ deserves a spot. I like the youngster Jaime Jaquez uh, via UCLA with the Miami Heat. That's fine. Uh, Jacob Toppin, I know he's been in it before, uh, but he's, like, bouncing back and forth from the G League and the NBA. And I go back to LeBron James, and right, you talk about LeBron. As great as LeBron is, and he's one of the greatest players of all time, and LeBron James, you know, there's not enough words of uh, praise and extolment that we could say about LeBron. But I talk about how in the NBA regular season, how there's been some years where LeBron knew he could dog it, he could still find a way to get to the NBA Finals. So LeBron's teams knew he could dog it. Because I'll give credit to LeBron, he's really never participated in load management. He, he plays a ton of games up until... Uh, he's got to the Lakers, and unfortunately, I don't want to say the body's breaking down because he's still Superman when you look at him, but he has suffered more injuries in L.A. than any other point in his career. But we talk about how people usually follow the lead of the best, and sometimes you emulate the best, but you don't have the right to emulate the best. And when LeBron and right, his Cavs teams or his Heat teams, whoever it was, kind of showed they don't need to have the the all-in approach in the regular season. They can still get to the NBA Finals. 
I do believe other teams followed that. But for the slam dunk contest, I do believe there's some stars that say, well, if LeBron's not participating in it, and I think I'm one of the best players in the NBA, then maybe I shouldn't participate in it either. And there was that one year where LeBron did say, I think it was to Cheryl Miller, that he was going to participate in the NBA slam dunk contest. And think about all this guy has done in the league and all the incredible things that he has done. The points record, the world championships, the MVPs, the longevity. He has basically checked off everything there is to do in the NBA, except participate in the slam dunk contest. And it's tough to make the slam dunk contest still a thing when the guy that's been the number one talked about person the last 20 years in the sport didn't participate in the slam dunk contest. And it'd be like one thing if LeBron James was smaller, like if LeBron was Steph Curry, right? You, you don't look at Steph Curry and be like, oh, he needs to participate in the slam dunk contest. Steph always participates in the three-point uh, shooting contest or has a lot. But for LeBron, who could clearly dunk the basketball, and it's already too late at this point because he's 39 years old. If he didn't do it, you know, before, he's not going to do it now. For him to never participate in the slam dunk contest, it is disappointing to me. And it's not surprising to me now where the slam dunk contest doesn't carry as much weight as it once has. Like, when we're talking about Gordon and Levine, you know, like that's probably been the highlight in the last decade. Um, you know, Dwight Howard was great. I know it's longer ago. Uh, jumping over the cars, the Superman cape and all that stuff. Nate Robinson, Jason Richardson. Like, you've had some memorable moments in the dunk contest. I guess Mac McClung... Uh, was good last year when you look back at that, but that's not a marquee name. It's a good story, but it's not a marquee name. That's that's one thing with LeBron. Like, the two things that I could really criticize LeBron James's career is I thought he was too buddy-buddy with people. I would like him to have some actual rivalries. Like, Paul Pierce, he could be a nut. Paul Pierce says some stupid things, but you could tell he says stupid things because he hates LeBron. And I sometimes think... That sports hatred is good. And I would have liked to have seen LeBron be less buddy-buddy with everyone and actually have some teams that he hated or some people that he disliked and kind of voice that. You never really got that with LeBron James. Unless, if it, who was the guy on the Pacers? Was it Lance Stevenson who was, like, blowing in his ear? Like, come on. That's Lance Stevenson. Like, give me, like, an actual good name that LeBron James could really uh, dislike. Or Bum Brooks, like... Uh, come on, LeBron not liking bum Brooks. That's so beneath LeBron James. So those are the two things when I look back at the great career and the legendary career of LeBron James. I'm annoyed he didn't really have another rival that he actually voices displeasure with. And the other part is, yeah, the dunk contest, it's a weak look. It is very weak that there wasn't one moment earlier in LeBron's career where he actually participated in the dunk contest. And I probably... I haven't thought about it this way until B.J. Armstrong was alluding to it but then didn't say it with us. I wonder if that singular moment where now social media, everyone is following you and putting a camera in, in your face, if LeBron was maybe afraid of either getting hurt or he's afraid of just failing on the big stage. And you don't think about that because LeBron has been followed with the camera his entire life, but it is disappointing that LeBron has never participated in the slam dunk contest. All righty. We got to get to a world champion on the other side. He was one of the unsung heroes of Super Bowl 58. It's a phenomenal story. Defensive lineman from the Kansas City. How about those cheese? Mike Pinnell will join us 
on the Zach Gelb Show in five minutes. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Chiefs are Super Bowl champions once again. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast-to-coast on CBS Sports Radio. We were talking to Steve Spagnolo yesterday, and he gave a lot of praise to my next guest. And a lot of people are calling my next guest the unsung hero of the Super Bowl. And that is Mike Pinnell, who's kind enough to join us right now. He was sensational for the Chiefs in Super Bowl 58 and Pro Football Focus. I saw they rated him the highest-graded interior defensive lineman in the Super Bowl. So first off, Mike, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing this, and congratulations. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, you know, Thank you for having me. So I love your story. I know that you won a Super Bowl previously with Kansas City. You've bounced around the NFL. In October, you landed back in Kansas City. You played sparingly, you know, practice squad, on the roster, inactive, things like that. And I saw a tweet a little bit before the Super Bowl from Adam Schefter that you were activated off the practice squad when Joe Tooney couldn't give it a go. So kind of take us behind the scenes how you found out that you were going to be active and playing in Super Bowl 58. Um, you know, during the entire playoffs, I was, you know, up and down during and having communication with the coaching staff. So um, the game plan was always for me to play during the playoffs. Um, unfortunately, you know, Derek Nobby went down in the first playoff game. But um, with the confidence of Spags and uh, the coaching staff, you know, kind of it was next man up mentality and uh, making the most of the opportunity. So you definitely made the most of your opportunity. We all know the way that people have been talking about you since the Super Bowl on Sunday. How do you kind of look back at your performance in the big game? Um, I mean, to be honest with you, I haven't watched the film. Um, I've been seeing a lot of clips out there and everything like that, but I kind of let the coaches tell me what's good and what's bad about the game. And uh, everybody said I had a pretty good game, but um, I still haven't watched the game. I'm still in the mode of, um, you know, I'm, I'm up in the clouds right now about being winning the second ring, you know. And with the guys that we did it with, you know, it was it, it really was historic. So uh, I'm just enjoying that right now. Well, one of my favorite plays was in the third quarter, and I didn't realize it in the moment. You know, I was at the stadium, and you kind of get caught up in the game, and then you go back and you watch things and you see things. But there's a viral clip now in the third quarter. We all know how great Trent Williams is. You put him on his ass, and then you tackle Christian McCaffrey. That was some play that you made. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, that's that's the clip I've been seeing going around. And um, just the run defense, you know, I, I mean, a lot of people are seeing me, but Mike Dana crushed George Kittle on that play, man. It was it, it was physical play all day. And um, 
I was just glad to be able to make the play. But, uh, yeah, that, that that was a good play. That was a good one. Uh, another good play, and it was an underrated part in this game just because so much happens, you kind of forget what happens earlier in the game was the uh, forced fumble on Christian McCaffrey, which was a big turnover. When you look back how close the game was, uh, kind of take us through how that ball got uh, punched out, and then we all know uh, that George ended up making a, a great play to recover it. Yeah. I mean, uh, shout-out to Spags. Um, we work this stuff all the time, you know, uh, Kansas City and Coach Reed, Spags. I mean, they're real true professionals. So all these scenarios, we work through all of them in practice. Uh, Spags had each one of the D linemen scooping up and grabbing fumbles, and we're doing that every week. So um, it's really just being prepared for the moment, and uh, we always are. Talking to Mike Pinnell right now, one of the unsung heroes of Super Bowl 58. We had your defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnolo on the other day. We all know that you guys in the locker room love him. I even see the smile on, on your face when I mentioned Spags, and I'm sure you have your in Spags We uh, Trust uh, t-shirt. Just what makes Steve such a special uh, defensive-minded uh, coach for you guys uh, in that Chiefs locker room? Um, I just think it's just how multifaceted he is. I mean, everybody doesn't know, you know, Spags is really a DB coach at heart, and he really knows how to develop guys, and his defense is so complex and versatile that – you know, it's a lot of times built on trust with the coach and the players next to you. We have a lot of adjustments, and um, just being able to be a part of that and the greatness is what Coach Spags is. I mean, you look at what he's done as a defensive coordinator. I mean, I don't, I, I don't see anybody comparable. Maybe I'm biased, but I don't. And here's the crazy part: you guys just won a Super Bowl, and I, I texted Spags in Week Three, and I said, "Man, you guys got a good defense this year." I know you joined the team later on in the season, towards the end of October. But I don't think this defense still has got enough credit for what you guys have been able to do. Do you still kind of sense that a little bit? Um, it, it's still always the underdog mentality with us. I mean, now that the playoffs are over, I can speak on it. I mean, just a lot of the defenses we were playing with Baltimore and, you know, even with San Fran, we're, we're speaking on us, we're speaking for us. I'm thinking they're going to talk about the, the offense, but they're talking about our defense, how – they're more physical and they're this and do that. And, you know, we, we talk with our pads. If you put on the tape, our DBs are coming down here, our linebackers, uh, our defensive linemen are pursuing and tackling running backs. So we, all of us as a whole defense, take that personally. And I think um, us finishing that too, that, 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 that left a little stain on our heart. So everybody knows that there's still more to go. And, you know, you guys are going to get higher up. Mike Pinnell here with us. Um, I got to get you to the whole overtime thing. It's wild when you look back okay. at it and – you see how your sideline had structure. You knew what you guys were doing. The other sideline had no clue. How did you kind of process it when you were watching it? And then, boom, uh, they, they win the toss, the Niners, and then they elect to take the ball. I mean, like, like I said, we're prepared for all situations. I mean, I, we were surprised. Um, and once again, our defense and how we're set up, we took that as, you know, a challenge, and everybody was excited. And the magnitude of that game, uh, I don't think it was, was hard for everybody not to exhaust themselves in that moment. So, we were prepared, our, our coaching staff prepared us for it, but, you know, like, you know, people were commenting about the fire alarms and the holding and then this. I mean, there's just a lot of talking and excuses, man. At some point, you got to put the film on, and at some point, the game is over with, and, you know, just try again next year. Yeah, the excuses after this game. I see a lot about the the holding on, on social media. It's ridiculous. Like, the Niners had every chance to win that game. They could have put you guys away, and they kept on letting you guys hang around, hang around, and you knew eventually Mahomes – uh, was going to get going, and you guys were going to find a way to win that game. Um, Absolutely. I mean, and it's, I guess it's a new trend now in the NFL. Maybe I'm just too old of a veteran, but everybody talking so much before the game, I thought that was more of a basketball thing, but now it's creeped its way into football. So I guess that's just what we're dealing with with this new age and this new social media. But um, 
I, I just like that how our guys respond uh, to all the criticisms in the media and even being underdogs the entire playoffs. I mean, we know what we're capable of as defense, and I mean, everybody should know who Patrick Mahomes is in those moments. And if you give him a chance, we're going we're, we're we're pretty confident we give that guy a chance. So, so you felt like you were disrespected, and this team was disrespected throughout this run. Oh, absolutely, a hundred percent. I mean, I can't speak for anybody, but uh, in the locker room, I know the defense really took it personally. How, you know, how they were spoke so highly of the Ravens, you know, rushing, rushing offense, their offensive line, and. If you look at the game in the NFL during the playoffs, it's won and lost in the trenches. If you look at the games that we played Buffalo, Miami, um, Ravens, and San Fran, these are top running teams in the NFL. So where the comments came about physicality and how we couldn't stop the run, I mean, there were some leaky yardage in the QB runs. Yes, you know, Buffalo game and even in the Baltimore game, but that's Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. I mean, come on, they're both elite at what they do. So um, we definitely took that personally, and I feel like you put it on the tape, man. Uh, we, we put up. We put it up. Now, there's no doubt about that. Talking to Mike Pinnell, now a two-time Super Bowl champion. When you hear me refer to you as a two-time Super Bowl champion, <laughs> and your journey uh, is something really special. Right. You know, I know you you had cancer when you were two years old. You had a few mm-hmm. stops in college, and you've been a journeyman in the in the NFL. But knowing everything that you've gone through in life to get to this point, what does it mean to you to now hear you referred to as a two-time Super Bowl champ? Um, I mean, to be honest, everything. Like you said, my story was never on the straight road. It had a lot of bumps and potholes. But, you know, um, the team I've had around me, my family, they've always instilled confidence in me and, you know, always told me, you know, I can do what I put my mind to. And just being in this position and being able to be a part of NFL history is just nothing short of a blessing. You know, you got to give all glory to the man upstairs and be able to put me in this position and being able to put in the work and be able to see your dreams and play with confetti with your children at the game. I mean, that's, I mean, this is movie stuff that I'm living right now. Now, when people call you an unsung hero, it means that they're not really familiar with you and they weren't expecting you to be this dominant of a force in the Super Bowl. So it's a nice compliment, but it's marinated in a surprise factor. Obviously, you know your story better than anybody. What do you want people to know about Mike Pinnell? I mean, it just adds a tip on my shoulder. I'm glad nobody's talking about it. I'm glad everybody thinks, you know, it's a one-off, but... I've been in the NFL 10 years and the guys in the Kansas City Chiefs building and, you know, the guys around the league who I've been around, you know, as you know, it's hard to be in the league 10 years. So, you know, there, there, there's something that's going on here that uh, I kind of know what I'm doing. So uh, keep giving the doubt. I love the unsung hero, but the Kansas City Chiefs fans, they know who I am. And um, I feel like now um, being a two-time Super Bowl champion, we got a little bit of league respect. Well, Chiefs fans also know who Chris Jones is. Uh, you being a teammate Absolutely. of of his and this dude just keeps on elevating his game. And we all know he's a great player, but he shows up in the big moments. And that was evident in the Super Bowl to get you guys the ball back. And then Mahomes put the game away to McCole Hardman. What stands out to you the most since you're a teammate and you've known Chris throughout the years? Um, you know, for me, what, what stands out most about Chris that, you know, the outside world doesn't um, understand is how literally hardworking he is. That man is. He's literally a legendary player that works at a level that, you know, that people don't comprehend. He's very motivated by, you know, the greats at what he does. He wants to be a great at what he does, and he applies it every day. So being around that guy is infectious. You know, the way he prepares, you know, the way he plays the game, you know, it's easy to rally around that guy, you know. I mean, the plays that he's making in the game is crazy the outside world, but he does this on a daily. So, you know, it's, it's beautiful to see. Yeah, it's such a fun story uh, that you have. And when you've been in the league as long as you have and you don't start the year right on a roster, people start to wonder, you know, is this the end of the road? To wind back up in Kansas City 
And to get that opportunity again, how do you kind of just reflect? Because you could easily play it the other way. If that didn't happen, you know, we're not talking about you today. We're not talking to you today. And who knows if you would have got another opportunity. Exactly, man. That's why, you know, you got to keep your faith. You got to keep your work ethic, man. I mean, uh, I, I, through those times, you know, when it got to week eight, me and my team talked about it. If it got, you know, week 10 or 11, we were going to, you know, review our options. But um, kept working, looked for a sign. And, you know, thankfully, I was putting an opportunity to be back with the Chiefs where I know I was going to be able to be used in whatever capacity that they were going to have me. I was just glad to be around the guys and glad to, to be playing and, you know, just to sit there and know that, you know, you can still do what you've done in your career at a level that you can do it at, then there's nothing better. Relive the moment for me. So you guys make the stop on defense. Mahomes getting the ball back. Everyone in America knows he's putting the ball in the end zone. But when he finally finds McCall Hardman and it's right in that moment, you guys are rushing off that sideline. How do you kind of relive that knowing you're world champs again? Man, it's just, you know, it's a feeling you can't describe, man. It's, it's just accumulation of all the work and how many weeks it takes and the guys and the injuries and the adversity and the doubt, the media and everything. And just everybody, everybody's just so close in our locker room to where, you know, we all speak up on each other. We all motivate each other. And we're all, you know, like a brotherhood in there. So you're really playing and winning with family. I mean, I know you see Coach Reed and how he interacts with the guys. It's it's, it's more unique than any other coach in the NFL. So he really treats us, you know, like a, it's almost like we're a bunch of big guys and older dudes that's on a peewee team now. We're playing for orange slices at halftime. It's, it's too much fun, man. It's just and then we're sitting here with greatness. I mean, in, in my humble opinion, I, I play with three first ballot Hall of Famers. Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones. I mean, and to be able to have the opportunity to breathe that same air, be on the field and make history with those guys, I mean, you can't beat it. And the post-game party looked uh, pretty damn good in Vegas after the game. I, I know there's always going to be cameras there, but when Taylor Swift is uh, rocking through with, uh, rolling through with Travis, we're going to see all the content. We, some years we don't see the content of the post-game party, but that looked like it was a good time. Oh, yeah, it was a good time, man. I mean, there's there's too many cameras going around nowadays, man. I, I miss I miss the good old days where this was just rumors, you know what I'm saying? But it was a good time. Everybody had fun, you know, so it was good. Have you become a big Taylor Swift fan during this football season? Uh, Taylor Swift's cool, man, you know. Trav's my boy, makes Trav happy. So if, that, if that's what it is, that, may, that works for me. I have to bring up the, the parade as Mike Pinnell uh, joins us right now. You Absolutely. know, it, go, it goes from a moment of euphoria. You see... I was talking to Spags yesterday, right? Willie Gay was like in the streets with a bottle of Henny with the shoes off. Travis Kelsey's drunk as a skunk, uh, you know, singing a singing a song. And then instantly it changes to a moment of a tragedy. Just how did you kind of process the unfortunate events at the parade the other day? Um, to be honest, I'm still processing it. Um, and I'd like to take this moment to, um, you know, give a shout out to all the families that were affected Um the Kansas City Chiefs, the NFL, United Way are partnering together for a foundation. So if you guys want to donate and support anything, and no matter how small or how big, please go to chfs.me slash kcstrong. And that is chfs.me at kcstrong. Um, it, it was just a real moment, man. Um, you're at the highest of your high, and then you're – you're rushing to the back and making sure that, you know, everybody's kids and families are staying below or away from the windows and you're sitting on the bus and you're hearing all types of different information, what's going on. But when you hear the final information, what's going on, it's a very sad time in, in America, you know, for something like that to be going on. And I know in America, there's a lot of that. And um, I'm just hoping that, you know, through understanding and, you know, we, we just got to be better. We just got to be better. I, I don't. I don't even know the answer at this point, but um, that, that's that's 
for those children's lives to be affected like that and for that woman's life to be taken, um, it, it makes it a very dark spot on that day. Uh, no doubt about it. I uh, really appreciate you saying what you said and also giving out the link as well. He's Mike Pinnell, Kansas City Chiefs, two-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, before we let you run, you know, I'm sure you want to get back to Kansas City, right? I'm sure that you want to play for this team once again next year. Now it feels like uh, you guys are going for that three-peat, and if you guys get that three-peat, man, uh, that would really be something. Um, that would be definitely be something I want to be a part of, you know, uh, KC's family. Um, but, you know, being in the NFL a long time, we understand everything's a business, but to be a part of that, like you said, that would be that would be legendary. And uh, you get to a certain point in your career where you want to be a part of history. You want to be able to play for, you know, something, and you want to be able to, you know, be motivated to to play in these games late in Feb or mid-February and late in January. So I, I, I would love that personally. I have to have some fun with you here because I know you used to play for okay. the Jets. Uh, my producer, uh, Michael Samter, used to be a longtime Jets fan. And then this mm -hmm. year he said, I can't take the pain the Jets caused me anymore. I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Do you think, like, do you accept him into Chiefs kingdom? Is, is that okay? Or is it like, hey, you got to pay your dues a little bit? It's tough, but we have to accept it. As a Jets fan, I understand he has been through a lot of trauma. You know, I played there. There was a lot of switching around. So, you know, uh, we accept him with open arms. Come on. Come on. But you only get one. You only get one time. You can't. You can't. You can't skip one of two teams. If you're coming with us, it gotta be lifelong. We need a tattoo or something. Yeah. Oh, a tattoo. Well, Mike, would you, would you be yeah. down? You know, hold on, Mike Samter. Mike yeah. Pinnell basically says you could be an actual Chiefs fan if you get a tattoo. You know, let's get a Mike Pinnell tattoo on you. You're down for that. Uh, I, I don't do tattoos, but I would get a temporary tattoo of Mike, 100%. You know what? I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll, I'll even go lower back if you want it. No, I, I think we got to get there, a temporary oh, face tattoo. Why not? Let's do it. No, he already said it. We're, we're, all, we're, all, we're live. Let's do it. Tramp stamp. Let's do it. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, Mike, once again, uh, we're elated for you. You had a heck of a Super Bowl. Uh, thanks so much for uh, jumping on board and enjoy this, all right? Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. You got it. There he is. Mike Pinnell joining us on CBS Sports Radio. I did not think when the show started we were going to be talking about Jimmy G getting popped for PEDs and then Michael Samter agreeing to get in a tramp stamp. And that's what Pinnell said that you need to do. Temporary. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just go home to your wife tonight and, and just say, hey, in order for me to be a Chiefs fan, a Chiefs player says that I need to get a tattoo. Hold off on the temporary part. You can eventually tell her it's temporary. But can you just run that past your wife tonight and let me know how that conversation goes? No. It'll be the last time Sam hey, walks in that house. He'll never see me again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the latest CBS Sports Radio update in with the act man, Rich Ackerman. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Time for your daily news brief. We get you caught up on the rumors, reports, and reconnaissance from the day in sports. We have breaking news regarding Tiger Woods. We were going to talk about Tiger anyway because he was making his return and he was participating in the Genesis Invitational. He is now withdrew from this tournament. But before we tell you the reason they are giving, let's just play you Tiger Woods yesterday uh, when they were asking him about a shank that he had on 18. Tiger, I'm not going to say the word, but on 18. Oh, I definitely. I shanked it. <laughs> what happened there? And is that still a shock to the system for you when that happens? My back was spasming in the last couple holes and I was locking up. So I came down and, and it didn't move and uh, shanked it. When's the last time you hit a shank, Tiger? I think you can remember. It's been a while. It's definitely been a while. So you hear that and knowing all the back and leg injuries that Tiger Woods has suffered, you're thinking to yourself, hmm, you're having back spasms, and then you hear that he withdraws from the tournament today, that this is probably going to be related to that back injury. Now, maybe this is true. Maybe it's not. I could only give you off the information that they're telling us, but according to the PGA Tour, Tiger Woods has withdrawn from the Genesis Invitational due to an illness. Now, I just saw a video of him on a golf cart getting carted away. Now, he's sitting up. He's sitting upright in the passenger seat of the golf cart. But that's the video they're showing when he's withdrawing from the Genesis Invitational. He doesn't look like he's in a lot of pain, but I can't really judge much off a 10-second clip. But Alex Myers, who does a great job and is a friend of the show, who's a senior writer at Golf Digest, he says, apparently Tiger Woods said he is withdrawing due to illness. Let's hope that's really the case. And that's kind of the thought that I have. You're saying illness right now. Maybe it actually is an illness, but is it really because of the back spasms that you were suffering yesterday? Uh, There will be a lot of speculation, but if I just go based off gut instinct and, hey, Uh, You know, maybe he tested positive or something like that. Who knows? Uh, Maybe he just wasn't feeling well. Whatever it is, my gut instinct says that you had a back injury yesterday, back spasm. We know your history, especially with your back. And then today you withdraw, and now it's an illness? Yeah. Doesn't really uh, pass the uh, the smell test for me. Let's go to Legereus Sneed. He was on Up and Adams with Kay Adams. And uh, he has a message to Brett Veach, the GM of the Kansas City. How about those Chiefs? What would you like to say as we wrap the show up here to Brett Veach? And I have a lot of love for your GM and what he's done building this dynasty. What would you like to say? Uh, Pay me. (laughs) Pay me. Pay me. (laughs) That's what I got to say. Pay me. So the Chiefs have money this offseason. It's not one of those stories where... You win the Super Bowl and you have no money to spend. Like, you're always going to lose players, especially when you've won now 
uh, multiple championships. Not that every player has won multiple championships, but a lot have. You start to prioritize different things. We're like, yeah, there could be some appeal to come back to win another championship, but if you're not getting the money that you want to get or you think you should get, there's probably another team that's going to be willing to give you that money or even overpay for you. And Legereus Sneed is an excellent player. We all know the play that he made up against Zay Flowers in the AFC Championship game. But it comes down to, yeah, you love winning, but do you go somewhere else if, let's say, the Chiefs could only offer you X and then Team Y comes calling and they're giving you just significantly more? By the way, Legereus Sneed has a message to Brett Beach. I also have a message to Brett Beach. And it has nothing to do with the defensive side of the ball. The Chiefs need a wide receiver. The Chiefs won a Super Bowl this year without having great production from their wide receivers. We've been speculating who the Chiefs could add. I have gone out and I have figured out who they should actually go acquire. And it's not via free agency. It's actually via trade. The Kansas City Chiefs should call up the Jacksonville Jaguars. Calvin Ridley used to be a great wide receiver, then was out of the league, uh, had a mental health problems, and also had the gambling suspension. Calvin Ridley came back this year, was a 1,000-yard receiver, and now is in the final year of his contract in Jacksonville. It's probably unlikely that the Jaguars extend him. I think that Calvin Ridley could be still a very productive wide receiver, and I would go as far as giving up a second-round pick for Calvin Ridley, even on a one-year deal with one year left on his deal, because that second round pick for Kansas City is really like a third round pick with it being the last pick in the second round. That's something Brett Veach should do. Go get Calvin Ridley, one year left on that contract. You team him up with Patrick Mahomes and hello, you have Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes and Calvin Ridley. It's tough to upgrade when you're Super Bowl champs, but that would be an enormous upgrade for the Kansas City. How about those Chiefs? Let's listen up to Jordan Mailata, offensive lineman for the Philadelphia Eagles. He is an enormous man. I've seen Jordan Mailata before uh, when I've covered the Eagles, but just seeing him walk around on Radio Row, not in, in shoulder pads, man, he must have been the largest man on Radio Row. This is courtesy of NBC Sports Philadelphia. Could Jason Kelsey return or is he going to retire? There's no shot. You're telling me if he's going shirts off in the games, gambling in the casinos, he's coming back? No way. He's having too much fun. He's he's out there living his life. Now, I'm going to miss him for sure, man. Uh, this has been the greatest six years of my life, uh, for sure, you know, being here in the NFL. And getting to meet people like Jason Kelsey has been an honor. So, I think Kelsey's having some second thoughts. And I think when you've played the game as long as he's had at a great level, it is tough to walk away. But I do think a lot of the assumption and a lot of the reporting – and I felt this way. I even said it on CBS Sports Radio two months ago that I thought this was Jason Kelsey's last year. I think that's one thing, and I think all those things that have been speculated have been fair game and probably are more accurate. But then also, I think there's two parts here. Like, since your brother's on this great run, it could go two ways. You don't want to take any shine away from him by announcing your retirement when you do that podcast with him. And then number two, you see your brother go on this run, and you know how poorly it ended in Philadelphia – Maybe he thinks, okay, I go back to Philly and we could find a way to get this thing back moving in the right direction. I still believe Kelsey will retire, but also Mylotta makes a great point. Like he's running around, he's having fun. He doesn't need to deal with everything that comes with football anymore. I would still lean that Kelsey retires is being more likely than him coming on back. Uh, let's hear Therese Halliburton. He was on uh, with the Pat McAfee show. And what he was talking in two voices? So this is the weirdest thing. You're going to hear at the beginning of this clip two people talking. 
It's not two people talking. It's just Halliburton. It's Tyrese Halliburton, and he subconsciously changes his voice while he's speaking without realizing he's doing it. It's incredible. Okay. Okay. Listen up. For us, I think that for so long after P and those guys left, and Sabonis is a great player, and they had other guys, but I think for the more casual basketball fan, it wasn't necessarily appealing. You know, like post-basketball is not appealing unless it's Jokic or... Joel or Shaq, you know what I mean? Like you have that, two different voices. I do. People say that all the time. Did you hear? I, I, mean, oh, this yeah. is, yeah. I, I didn't know if it was our microphone. I never <laughs> catch it. You know, like I watch podcasts after and I'm like, dang, my voice changed. That is bizarre. I thought it was only for like a little bit, but that did change. I thought it was a microphone issue at first, but it wasn't. Uh, here is uh, Caitlin Clark. She sets the NCAA scoring record. Let's listen up to Learfield IMG on that moment. Felia gets in the paint, pull up, short jumper, no, long rebound, dug up by Gabby Marshall, scoops a pass to Clark, logo three, got it, 22 is now number one, Caitlin Clark is the NCAA's all-time scoring leader in women's basketball history. From Steph Curry range, what a shot that was, here is Caitlin Clark on a record-setting night. Honestly, like warming up, like my shot just felt good. So I knew it was going to be kind of one of those nights and kind of played with a little bit more pep in my step. And um, I knew that's what this team needed after coming off of a lo- coming off of a loss. And um, just just lucky, like my teammates, I'm just so thankful. They let me be me and I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for them. So, um, yeah, I'm just, just really thankful. She's a player that makes you tune into an event. That's what it is. She is absolutely awesome. And congratulations to her. I hope they win the championship this year. That's how fun she is to watch on a basketball court. And it was nice and all that euphoria that no fans uh, knocked her over. That too. Like those Ohio State fans a few weeks ago. Show some respect to the great Caitlin Clark. Zach Gelb Show, CBS Sports Radio. We're coming on back. EA Sports. It's in the game. Talk about that next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 